Good morning, Four Oaks. Pastor Paul here on, wow, the official beginning of fall, Wednesday, September 20th. So glad that you have joined us. What we do here each and every Monday through Friday is we take a portion of Scripture, we unpack it, we dissect it, we um, try to dig into the heart of its meaning, and in the process give us all some tools for what it means to understand and apply the Bible for ourselves, And what we do is we take a passage or take the passage that we're going to be preaching on that upcoming Sunday. And so you kind of get a glimpse behind the scenes of how I'm working through a passage and, and how it sort of comes to fruition. And hopefully um, that's helpful for you in your own study of God's word. So we are obviously in Matthew 10 and this is a large, we're looking at the whole chapter, it's a large section of scripture, but we're treating it as such because it is a discourse that Jesus is giving his disciples. And it's a discourse about, it's, it's something he's, he's instructing them on before he sends them out, uh, and we know this from the other gospels, two by two, to minister, to serve as an extension of the ministry that Jesus has had. And Jesus is giving them authority to, to do many of the same miraculous things that Jesus has been doing. It's a way of multiplying ministry and sending out the gospel. But it becomes obvious as we're looking at this passage, not only are these instructions for them for this mission that they undertake when, you know, while Jesus is ministering with them on earth, it's also instructions for ministry that they will have apostolic ministry once Jesus ascends, once G after Pentecost, when they receive the Spirit. And, and so Jesus is kind of double dipping there, right? He's, he's giving them a word for right then, but, he, but as they reflect on this message um, years later, they will see, oh wow, these were actually also instructions for the, the shape of ministry, our apostolic ministry after Jesus is gone. And then finally, of course, it's not just for their mission. It's not just for their apostolic ministry. It's also for us, right? What can we glean and apply to ourselves as we sort of eavesdrop on this conversation Jesus is having with the apostles? So we've worked through the first 15 verses, and now we're up to verse 16. And th this is where things take a, a serious turn. Jesus has told them he's sending them out. Um, they are to make their living from the gospel. They are to invest themselves strategically in the house of Israel as sort of a launching off point um, for which they will reach the Gentiles and the nations. But this now comes with a very severe warning for them and for us. Look at verse 16, Matthew 10. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in the synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. 
When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? As you can see, things have turned serious. This is not about taking a week-long mission trip and painting a fence and think we have built the kingdom of God, not, not to disparage those sorts of things, but, but that, that's a kind of a domesticated view of ministry. Jesus wants them to fully understand what they are embracing here as his disciples, just as they persecuted and killed Jesus he is simply saying they are going to persecute you and yes kill you in the same way now this is this is a jarring thing right um, to our 21st century ears where we often forget that we're going to die right that's not the mo in our minds we're we live our lives and until some tragic event or crisis or illness or something then we're reminded of it um, but but for people in that era, they lived with the prospect of death all the time, right? Whether it was disease or illness or war um, or what have you. I mean, being under the yoke of the Roman Empire, the threat to one's livelihood, safety, physical life was a constant. And so, so it can be jarring for us to, to hear this. But Jesus is not just speaking of suffering in general. He does speak about that in other places. He's speaking now about suffering for the sake of the kingdom, of the gospel. Jesus seems to be saying that while you um, are taking the gospel and the message of the kingdom of heaven that it has arrived to the world, um, the inevitable backlash from that collision will be suffering, will be persecution. And we might even be able to say, if there's not some level of persecution, agitation, being out of step with the culture around us, we might want to ask ourselves, are we really being on mission? Are we really living as Jesus lives? And um, in, in the biblical sense, agitating against um, the, 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 the world, the flesh, and the devil. But here Jesus gives them a whole series of instructions and, and warnings. He's talking about them being dragged before uh, governors and kings, being flogged. He's telling them, um, don't obsess right now over the, the, what you're going to say. God will give you the grace at the time. But he, but, but he says something very interesting here in verse 23. He says, when they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. We have to ask, what does that mean? Okay, And there's been no shortage of debate about what that means. Jesus says, before you finished your mission, I'm going to have returned. Now, a lot of people um, say, well, Jesus was mistaken. Um, others, he, he obviously didn't return when the disciples thought. Jesus. Some people thought, have, have, have said, well, actually, he did return, okay, um, but it was at the fall of Jerusalem, and that's what he means 
Other people think he, well, he's talking about the resurrection. There's a whole host of things. Let, let, let me tell you, let me distill it where I think Jesus, Jesus is not speaking about his second coming here. He's speaking about a day of judgment on the house of Israel. And that phrase, um, um, I truly, I say to you, you have not gone through all the, the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. That, that's an Old Testament phraseology. It's, it's meant to be a term of judgment, okay, that, that God visits um, his people um, for judgment. He sends them into exile. And here what we, what we probably find is a reference to the fact that Israel sits under God's judgment for rejecting their Messiah. And Jesus is simply saying, um, I'm going to come and um, abolish and bring judgment on that whole system, which we believe was fulfilled in 70 AD when Jerusalem was destroyed, when the temple was destroyed. In fact, you can go now to Israel and see the remains. And that Jesus is simply um, forecasting for them what is going to happen in some of their lifetimes, okay? So I don't think he's speaking about the second coming. Um, I think he's, th this is a, a pointed word about the fact that um, this kingdom is being proclaimed to God's chosen people, but they've rejected it. And then God is bringing judgment. Now we know from Romans 9, that's not the end of the story, but that's not the point of this passage. I think for us, what we have to come to understand is that suffering, persecution, pushback, agitation, when we are living and speaking the kingdom of God and the gospel is inevitable. Um, it doesn't mean that we intentionally seek it out, but what we do mean is we are faithful witnesses, faith, a faithful presence that our life and our words, while on one hand being winsome okay, and persuasive, will also incite and agitate. And those are always the two sides of the gospel coin that we live out um, as we are on mission. We see that in the early church, right? That on one hand, they were a winsome witness and that were drawing people and they were, they were exemplifying a life by word and deed that others were jealous of, emulated, wanted to be a part of, it was compelling. While at the same time, they were being horrendously persecuted. Saul was breathing out threats. Peter and John were being dragged before the Sanhedrin, thrown into prison. I mean, th these things happen simultaneously. And when the church is living out its witness faithfully, these will be the things that will um, inevitably happen. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, we have to just realign our expectations. Sometimes, as 21st century Americans, we can act like something shocking is happening when we suffer or when we are persecuted. When, in fact, Peter warns us, right? He says, do not be surprised by the suffering that has come upon you, right? Jesus says, if we follow him faithfully, just as they persecuted the, the prophets, just as they persecuted him, they will persecute us, that's part of the deal. And that's hard, right? I mean, that, that's a hard word for 21st century Western folks. But, but Jesus is, is really, I think this is a cause for self-examination to say, 
no, not am I being a jerk or a butthead and being going online and trying to be this disruptive force. That, that's not what Jesus, that's easy to do. What Jesus is talking about is being a faithful presence and witness to the people who are around us that we know, that we're not just living out the gospel, that we're speaking the gospel. And as we do that, we will see both that being a light, um, but also being an adjutant. And that when that happens, we shouldn't assume that we're doing something wrong. Or we, we might be, we might be in a, being a jerk, but this is what happens when the gospel collides with a broken world. All right, so there we go. So, if we, we, the, so the first point we might want to say that, that, that we are sent um, as part of the gospel, but we will be, um, there will be conflict, okay, um, because of that. Now, when we hear that, we might, might be a, a, a naturally a, a lot of fear when we hear words like that. Well, that's what Jesus is going to address next when we're together. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just want to be faithful. We want to speak when we need to speak. We want to act when we want to act. We don't want to um, intentionally seek out conflict um, in a way that we relish. But at the same time, Lord, we don't want to shirk when you are calling us to be faithful and to speak. So let us examine our lives. Let us be faithful in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Be back tomorrow.